people. Do an int a formal introduction, everybody. Welcome to our September webinar and podcast episode. A uh, quick reminder on asking questions. If you are joining us live today, you have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Um, just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithinc.com. I'm now going to hand over to Mark Holton, Smithinc Director, to present his session on what business advisory software the industry is using in 2020. Over to you, Mark. Well, thanks, Andrew, and good, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good day, everyone, and welcome to the September Smith Inc. webinar, and welcome to Business Advisory Software. Um, one of the most common questions I often get asked is, what business advisory software should I be using for each specific thing? And it's a really difficult question to answer because I think we need to think more strategically about what we're trying to achieve before we worry too much about what to buy. But uh, very, very sincere welcome. Welcome to, in my case, Terrigal, the place that I've spent the last five months and more time than in the last 20 years at over this period of uh, quite incredible disruption. One of the things about advisory software is that there's a vast array of software and solutions in the market, and all of them are designed to make you the advisor of the future, to create engaging business advisory services for clients, have quality conversations, Geez, I love some of the catch, cry, catch cries with all this sort of stuff. It was a lot easier when I started. Uh, admittedly, that was 20 plus years ago because we only had two choices. One was Excel, which I call the accountant's love tool. And the other one was a tool called Optimus that was later rebadged as MYOB Profit Optimizer. <coughs> there wasn't too many choices. MYOB Profit Optimizer looked and provided more graphical content easier than having to use Excel. But I certainly still did a lot of work in Excel as I still do to this day. You know, at first glance, all these new solutions on the market, and let's be honest, there's a stack of them out there. I'm not gonna name them today, but I'd be happy to have any conversation with people through chat or afterwards about what specifically should they be using for each purpose. I will make some calls on software and where I think it fits in perfectly, but they all look to do the same things. What do they all do well? Dashboards. What do they all do well? Show the financial impact of key decisions before they happen. What a lot of them are now doing are things like three-way budgets and cash flows as well. And that's part of the uh, dashboard psychology. Uh, also fitting in a bit of KPI analysis. And it is critical if you think about it that we choose the right thing. And by, by choosing the right thing, I'm talking about the right tool to do the right quality service, depending what you wish to, are, to offer. I think there's a few challenges around advisory software and tools. The first one is now, these days, unlike when I started, the tools are generally now cloud-based. So integration of data, sharing of data, collaboration of data is certainly a major decision in the buying process. So my other comment is, how do we integrate data into the advisory workflow? So high quality, accurate data that we're now getting more readily through cloud-based solutions from our clients for compliance purposes. How do we better utilize, better integrate that into the advisory workflow? We need to consider that. Much of the software that I see out there is still what I call shelfware. Shelfware is stuff I bought, probably never used, still sitting on the shelf. You know, I was asked the other day, how many firms did I train over the years with Profit Optimizer? My records show almost 900. I reckon half a dozen of those did something with it. 
a lot of the others have just become shelfware. But it was expensive shelfware because unlike cloud-based solutions where you pay on a subscription basis, that one was pay up front and still pay a subscription. So obviously the costs here outweighed the income if it was never used. In my mind, what we've got to do first is get the right structure and infrastructure in the firm and also work on your client engagement and your client delivery models. And then once you know what you're selling, who's gonna sell it, how you're gonna sell it, who's gonna do it, how they're gonna do it, what our offer is and what we need to deliver, in my mind, getting too much software too early is just a loss-making scenario. We need to get the right people on board. People drive the tool. The tool might be the greatest tool in the world. I might say everywhere it'll turn you into an advisor, but unless you've got the right people and you've got champions in your firm to do this, then again, it becomes a quite expensive piece of software that we probably don't use that much. And the one thing I would say to every firm is don't take on too much at once and try to do it too much at once because software companies will try to sell you the sweet spot, the complete package of services. So you can offer this, this and this, okay, tomorrow. One step at a time. If I had my time again, I didn't have a choice. I only had one tool. I didn't have really what I needed, but I still made it work because I was, I was enthusiastic, I was keen to do it, and I took it one step at a time. The other question we've got to think of with software is do I take a broad-based solution approach or do I look for a single solution? Now, some suppliers out there at the moment, you know, I can think of a couple like MYP, Mouse, and some of those other type providers, they offer a one-tool-fits-all. And I think that's wonderful. Okay? A lot of them, you don't have to buy everything at once. You can buy the nucleus or the shell, per se, and then add on different modules as you go. Okay? It might not necessarily be the best of breed. However, there is consistency in this decision around use and process of how the software is driven. Okay, the other option is to go down the pathway, okay, of offering a single solution for specific needs. In other words, I buy this piece of software to do budgets and cash flows. I buy this bit of software to do uh, scenario planning, KPI analysis you know, high quality visual dashboards and the like. I buy this bit of software to do some estate planning. This one for succession. Okay, it can often be more expensive than looking at a suited type approach. Okay, and it doesn't obviously give you holistic consistency of use and process because every bit of software operates differently. And often we need to have multiple champions in a firm to do so. I'm not gonna to say to you one way is better than the other. What I am gonna say is, from a strategic point of view, have you thought this through before you buy? Or do you buy, then think strategically, how do I get this in place? I think we're gonna get the balance and the timing of this quite right. Ultimately, in my mind, good software and advisory comes back to what the hell are you gonna offer? You know, and I challenge you to think about this first, and that is what advisory, as in non-compliance service, do you think clients will want from us, expect from us, maybe even demand from us in the next three years? So do we need software to help us organize the clients we're gonna do advisory with? And I'd call that a CRM, a customer relationship management system that keeps track of everything, everything we do, all our prospects, clients, suspects coming in, all our 
proposals, all our um, projects, outcomes, actions, and responsibilities coming out to make sure nothing slips through the cracks. Do we need some software to help us do a fact find or what I call a needs analysis? Do we need to think about solutions to help us better integrate you know, everything we do? We have to start to think about what am I gonna offer? So many firms out there tell me that they're gonna offer a whole host of things in the advisory suite, advisory space rather, things like tax planning, financial planning, well, often with financial planning, we bring in somebody else or we have a relationship in some way, shape or form, or we have a division within our firm. Succession planning. Talking to a lot of accountants at the moment are saying, saying to me that their ageing client base are starting to talk more and more and more about succession. Well, I wouldn't be going out there to buy software straight away. I'd unlock the client's needs, find out what they want, find out what their issues are, find out when they want to get out. And then I start to think about how can I actually provide the service and what software do I need? Estate planning, strategic stuff, strategy stuff. Do I need software for that? Maybe. Can I do it without it? Probably. We're gonna to start to think about what we wanna do. Benchmarking, some great software out there in the benchmarking space at the moment, like benchmarking.com, okay? Another great solution out there, but we've gotta be using this stuff. Do we do things like business value indications with clients? Again, there's software out there that'll do that. Cash flow story is one that will do a business value indication for you off a very, very simple platform, as well as many other things. Pre-lending assessments, do we get ourselves involved in that space? You know, So we're gonna to start to think about what we're gonna offer, how we're gonna offer it, who's gonna offer it. We're gonna to start to think about how do I communicate this to a client? in a manner they understand and truly value. And then once we've got the structure and the infrastructure right, how do we engage clients and get them interested? And then what software do I need for those three critical steps? And then when we get the delivery, then we'll think about the other stuff as we move forward. Budgets and cash flows, I think this is a major opportunity. We're coming off, as I said in one of the previous webinars, off the single biggest disruption that we've had in the Australian business landscape, if not world landscape, for so long. How does a client who currently is in receipt of JobKeeper because they are at least 30% down on where they were last year, get back to where they were last year? What's the plan? What's the action plan? What's the strategies? Who's going to do it? How's it going to be done? Who has to help them? How do we keep them accountable? Recovery services around this, I think, is a major opportunity. And all those start with, does the client have a budget and cash flow? Or as I prefer to call it, an action plan. I had struggled, struggled selling budgets and cash flows unless the bank wanted them. I talk action plans, future plans, strategy plans. You know, let's work out what we need to sell, how we're gonna sell it, what the costs are, and what's left for you month by month call it something totally different. Do we start to look at the client's underlining assumptions of how to succeed? For many of them, the success measure could be, how do I get back to where I was before COVID-19? And I need my accountant, my advisor to help me do that. So then we start to think about opportunities in planning, strategy, board of advice meetings, quarterly at least, where we hold them accountable to their plan, their action plan. This could never be a better opportunity in this industry to get advisory services happening on a recovery basis that will then ultimately flesh out to be opportunity 
basis and growth basis. Maybe the time is wrong at the moment to go and say to a client, let me make your business work more. Let me make you more profitability. Let me strengthen your cash flow, even though that's a critical thing. And I know what they all are. But maybe it should be, let me help you get back to where you were. Let me help you work out a plan and be your partner in success. Do we need software for that? Probably. Do we need to engage the client? Absolutely. And then we can start to look at things like scenario planning, guys. The financial impact of key decisions before they're made. One key decision is how long will it take me to get back to where I was before COVID? Another key decision is what are the steps and what do I need to do and who's going to develop them for me, let alone hold me accountable to get me back? How do I get my receivables to pay me and how do I best manage my payables? What's my perfect working capital position? If I'm carrying inventory and whip, how do I get the inventory out the door quicker? How do I get the whip recognised? How do I reduce the whip? Heaven forbid some clients have both. Okay, and then KPIs, no better time. You know, all I think of a KPI is, is a ratio. That's what I used to call it when I went to school. Something divided by something. There's not much point just saying to them, here it is. There's got to be a story behind it. A good advisor is someone that takes the client on a storyline, tells them what they need to be aiming at, helps them aim at it, and then helps them get there. So KPI analysis and all that stuff. And as you can see from those three slides, there's a million and one opportunities to be able to be doing advisory services, to be able to get out there and start to offer things clients really want. The problem we have at the moment is that many of them aren't thinking growth. Many of them are thinking financial sustainability. Many are thinking survival. So change your model, okay? Become their partner at this time when they desperately need you. And believe me, that relationship won't go away once things start to get back to whatever normality might be in the future. But think about what I want to offer. You can't do them all. Think about what are the top three services that I want to go to market with. Then start to look for software solutions that help you deliver. Software is the aid to deliver. It's not the make me a advisor. Yet to see any of them that do that. So what I wanted to share with you today too, guys, is a recent survey that I saw. It was the Good, Bad and Ugly Insight Poll on Modern Technology. If you haven't got a copy of this, I suggest you get on to uh, Business Fitness website, the Good and Bad and Ugly Insight Polls. They do a few of them during the year. This one was only recent, as in last week, and it talks about what the industry is using from a technology point of view, what the industry uses when it comes to tax software, to practice management, to workflow, to doc management all the traditional compliance models. But it also talks to what the industry is using when it comes to advisory and something even more important I thought out of this, and I want to share this with you, and that is what's the next purchase when it comes to software that accounting firms are thinking about at the moment. So before I put up the next slide, I want to ask you this question. What do you think is the single largest software application used in the advisory space. And as you think about that or make a judgment call on that, let me show you what this survey found. And quite interestingly, the survey has been broken up into firms up to half a mil, half a mil to 1.5, 1.5 to four and four plus. Correct, yes, no surprise. 
The number one advisory tool still being used by firms is the accountant love tool, Excel. 46% in the lower level, 53, 54, 52. Wouldn't you love to have profitability like that in an accounting firm? Okay, then we start to look at other tools in the market like Spotlight. That's growing, but certainly a stronger position in the larger firm base than the smaller. Fathom, interestingly, respondents have said that 20% of respondents in the four million plus space are using this tool, not so many at the smaller end. You know, futurely, okay, again, seems to have good usage at the higher end of town. Heaven forbid, it's still there. MYOB Profit Optimizer, 25 years since I saw a demo of it in Sydney. Okay, very low percentage usage, but still 6% of firms are saying, I have it. They didn't say, I use it. They probably said, I have it. I still have firms contacting me saying, I still use Profit Optimizer. It hasn't been upgraded for how long? I don't know, five, six years. Can't get support on it. Well, that's a fact. But I'm still using it. Interesting, isn't it? If something works and you're happy with it and it ain't broke, why worry about fixing it? B-Star, very low on the smaller domicile. Got a reasonable amount of coverage, but in the four million plus side of things. Castaway, great cash flow budgeting tool. Okay, again, so as you can see, the four millions are high as well. Cash flow story, one of the best tools in the marketplace, I believe. The cloud-based solution that basically takes what this tool wasn't and turns it into something you can use. So again, it has growth in the higher end. You can see the higher end of town are using it more often. That doesn't mean the lower end of town, with all due respect, the lower end's not under four mil. It just doesn't mean that they're not using it. They might still have it. Calxa, the old money manager tool that competes, I suppose, is a tool that competes with Castaway. MYP, one of those dedicated solutions. And then we go down to other and not applicable. Not applicable worries me because it's telling me 30% there don't use anything. That doesn't mean they're not doing advisory. It just means they're not using software. Okay, other could be anything. Could be mouse, could be a few of the other providers in the marketplace. But you can see the dominant players here. And I found this particularly interesting looking at it for two reasons. One, this one is still got major dominance. And I've got no doubt that this one is still the go-to tool when it comes to KPI analysis when it comes to budgets, cash flows, projections and the like. Absolutely no doubt. But then we start to see really great tools like Spotlight, Fathom, Futurely. Okay, and also Panalytics, which is not on this list, but I presume it sits here. So as you can see, there's more choices there now than ever before. The question is, which one suits you the best? The other thing I found interesting from this survey is this particular one, which is what software is the next purchase? Again, broken into the same income levels with firms. So client portals certainly has some implication. Doc management software, integrated work papers, general ledger, PM software, workflow. But look at business advisory, 2020, 20, 12, 24. It's one of the stronger positioning points. I don't think that there's less interest in advisory at the moment than there's ever been. In fact, I think there's more. 
I'm hearing that from firms I talk to. Problem is at the moment, we're absorbed by the stimulus measures, JobKeeper, et cetera, et cetera. And it's taking up too much time and not allowing enough capacity to do it. In my mind, we've got to be thinking between now and Christmas what we're going to do next year with this, guys. And if advisory software is one of the major purchases, not that the others aren't important, of course, client portals, absolutely, and anything to do with compliance, our core business, that might help integrate that whole process together of getting good solutions for DM, work papers, ledger, practice management, workflow and the like, and tax, is a critical part of running a practice. So I found that particularly interesting. You know, when we look at none of the above, does that say firms aren't looking at buying anything new or it's just they didn't want to answer? Okay, but 30% of the top end down to 17% of the, the smaller type revenue turns are basically saying I don't have any intention to buy. I'm happy with what I got. There's nothing wrong with that, believe me. Get a copy of this full report. Have a look at it. It's very good. We used to do this at Smith Inc. We're not doing it anymore because we don't do our ASSER event. So I found this particularly relative. So conclusion-wise, first thing, my recommendation to the marketplace here is pretty simple. Don't take on too much. Work out what service you want to offer. Think about what will help me offer this smarter, better, more procedurally, more effective, more profitable, of course. Adopt products incrementally. If you've got a stack of clients that need budgets and cash flows, look at a solution. If you've got a stack of clients that need succession or estate plans, look at a solution. The one thing I will say to everyone online, I've been saying this for years, and what we did not do as a firm well in the early days was recognise that advisory is different to compliance. For compliance, my CRM, in loose terms, is my practice management software. For advisory, it is very different. Okay? I've yet to see a good PM solution that does what a CRM should do. But I believe the future of the industry will actually bring these two closer together. We're already seeing that with one particular supplier. Okay? The worst thing you do with a client is make a whole host of commitments and not follow them through. I put a CRM into my firm as the very first thing because I did not want commitments and responsibilities and outcomes to slip through the cracks. And without that dedicated infrastructure in the firm, they did in fact slip through the cracks. So that's one I see as critical. You've got to get the right structure in your firm. Right structure means if the right people don't have capacity, work on a capacity plan. If the firm doesn't have capacity, work on a firm capacity plan. Look at how you're currently doing things, look at how you want to do things in the future and make the first step, stop off the curve. Work out your infrastructure, as in who's going to do what, when, how. What services are we going to offer? Who's going to do them? How do we explain them to a client? And something even more critical, how do we price them and how do we package them? Okay, we've got to have that there to be able to go and look for what helps us deliver it. Develop a strong, repeatable client engagement system. If you can't motivate a client to sign a proposal, there's not much point worrying about the next one, which is develop ongoing delivery models. So at the point in time I'm going to think about new innovative software solutions is the point in time where I've got a lot of clients looking for a specific need. Or I have a client that I've introduced simply that are now becoming more financially literate and demanding more of me. Then I'm going to go and look at some of the tools you saw earlier and bring them in at the most opportune time in my firm. 
And something else I'd say to you is get the right people on board. A good, a good advisor has to be a storyteller. A good advisor has to be someone who generally wants to do this type of work, not thrown in there because they're good with clients or good with compliance. If they're good with compliance, I've always believed to leave them there, particularly if they're happy doing it. And at the end of the day, the thing I know about advisory software and everything else is you've got to train, train, train. Working in advisory with a client that's a builder is very different from a jeweler. Working with a client that's a farmer is very different from a golf professional. Advisory is not a commoditized service, as hard as we want to make it that way. We have to adapt to the client, their demands, their requirements, what's important to them, and deliver solutions accordingly, and bring in the software that we need to make us more efficient, more profitable in that process. The future, because I'm running out of time, Andrew, and I know I've got to come back to you shortly. Very couple of quick slides, we'll make these available to you. I, I see the future as big data. I see real-time benchmarking in the advisory space at a granular level becoming more and more prevalent. I see real-time trends, you know, as in why is a business performing better than others? Software, including, you know, AI, AI type applications, big data type applications, giving us a quality of data that's just quite unimaginable. The question is, what are we gonna do with it? How are we gonna predict future performance? Compliance beautifully predicts yesterday, Advisory is not yesterday, guys, it's tomorrow. It's looking forward, not backwards. And I also see things like machine learning, where advice is previously given or the same, okay, can a machine deliver that more effectively and more cost-effective than us? That's a debatable thing, okay? I've come from an environment where the whole model fell to me. How do we scale it better? What will happen in the future? Will a machine deliver direct advice to clients? It'll be naive to think it won't happen, skeptical to say, I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime. But I see automation of advice. I see that becoming a major opportunity and also for some people maybe a threat in the future. And with those sentiments in mind, Andrea, with a couple of minutes to go, let me pass back to you and open up for any questions that anybody might have. Great, thank you, Mark. Uh, just a reminder, guys, if you would like to ask a question now, just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel um, and I'll read that out for you. I do have a comment that's coming already from Joseph. The ATO have a free online program for business advisory. It integrates with various accounting software. My concern, will the ATO use this data even though they say they won't? <laughs> uh, thanks, Joseph, that's a good question. I wasn't aware of that. I'd love you to tell me what it is. Um, uh, would I be skeptical? Absolutely. Um, would they use it for other means? I, I, don't, I really don't know. Uh, do I think it's a good solution? Probably not. Too many other good ones out there. Joseph, if you do get a moment, um, to, um, send the link through to myself or Mark or in this chat thing here and we can... Um, yeah, I'd love uh, to see that. And Joseph, yeah. give, shoot your email through. I'll come back to you. I'll go and have a look at it. I haven't heard about that one. Right. Anybody ask questions? Just doing a quick check in now. Mark, you've either answered all their questions or overwhelmed them. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it looks like that's all we've got today. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining. Guys, don't, hesitate to, don't hesitate to reach out to Drew Smithing if you've got any questions or want to have a chat offline. More than happy to do so. 
Andrea, there's a couple of things in chat. Yep, I've got. That's the um, one you got. John, don't worry. It was Joseph and jo um, Joseph. We have your email. That's great. Mark said thank you. Um, the recording will come out today as well, everybody, and along with the presentation. And if you do have any further questions, just contact us directly after the session. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks, guys. All the very best.